Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 7th of October. Authorities are warning tomorrow will be danger day for many parts of Australia's east coast as torrential rain and wild storms continue to sweep across the country. Yesterday, Sydney smashed the 1950 record for the wettest year ever. A number of flood warnings are in place with concerns about many already flooded communities in the western northwest of New South Wales. Here's the New South Wales SES Commissioner, Carleen York. This particular event on saturated ground means that things can happen very quickly. So don't assume you will get a warning and it may go straight to an evacuation order. Late yesterday, a tornado warning was issued for parts of New South Wales as well as Victoria, where more wild weather and torrential rain are set to continue for northern and southern parts of the state today. A warning the details of our next story are distressing. The Thailand Prime Minister has addressed his nation after a mass attack on a childcare centre that's killed 38 people, including more than 20 children. The offender, who was reportedly armed with a number of weapons, including a gun and a knife, has been identified as a former police officer who was dismissed last year, with investigators questioning if it was a drug-fuelled attack. Here is the Thai Prime Minister speaking a short time ago. We have received a report. We are checking the motive. We know that he was a policeman. He might have had personal issues. That audio thanks to the ABC. And Anthony Albanese has taken to Twitter overnight saying it's impossible to comprehend the heartbreak with all Australians sending their love and condolences. In other news this morning, the Australian Federal Police have made their first arrest as part of Operation Guardian investigating the major data breach at Optus. A 19-year-old man from Sydney will face court charged with allegedly attempting to misuse stolen customer data in a text message scam. He's accused of threatening to release private information if the recipient did not pay $2,000 into a bank account. Assistant New South Wales Police Commissioner Justine Goff says the man is facing a maximum of 10 years in prison. The alleged offender accessed the 10,200 Optus stolen records posted online last month. The accused targeted 93 customers using those records. Fortunately, no customers paid the amount of this ransom demanded. Meantime, the federal government has revealed plans to change laws to better protect customers and their data. Under the changes, telecommunications companies will be given powers to share our information with banks and the government. Communications Minister Michelle Rowland says it will prevent further hacks from taking place. This is going to enable Optus and other telcos to better coordinate with financial institutions to detect and mitigate the risks of malicious activity, including ID theft and scams. But some experts are concerned. Cybersecurity specialist Vanessa Teague telling Channel 7 the changes don't make sense. It seems like a completely unnecessary sharing of exactly the kind of information that has got us into trouble in the first place. To Queensland now, and Star Entertainment has been found unsuitable to hold casino licences across the state. As our reporter Mel Houston explains, it's after a review of its operations in Brisbane and on the Gold Coast. The Palaszczuk government yesterday released its final report following an independent review into the company's casino operations of the Star Gold Coast and Treasury Brisbane. Attorney General Shannon Fentiman says the report highlighted major, very serious failings by the company, which was only focused on profit. 
profit. Twelve recommendations have since been handed down, including a limit on cash transactions and set gambling limits, which the government says it supports. A show cause notice is now expected to be handed down to Star to argue why it should continue operating in the state. The review was brought about in June this year and came after the gambling giant was also found unsuitable to hold a licence in New South Wales. In an ASX announcement, the organisation said it was considering the report and would continue to cooperate with the Office of Liquor and Gaming Regulation. And major investigations are underway in Perth with claims a palliative care patient may have been placed into a body bag while still alive. A reporter, Adam Hemmings, has more from WA. Tash, a 55-year-old man, died last month at Rockingham Hospital in Perth South. It's alleged his life may not have been over at the time he was transferred to the morgue. That's despite checks by staff on a ward who believed he had died. But when a doctor was called in the next day to certify the death, he formed the opinion, based on certain signs, that the patient may have been alive when he was placed in the body bag. It's now being confirmed the doctor received a request to backdate the death certificate but refused, and he lost lodged a complaint with the coroner's office. The South Metropolitan Health Service is investigating, but they say they're just looking into whether staff followed protocols. Now for the latest in business and finance news this Friday morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. We know the rising cost of living is affecting so many Australians at the moment, and now it's hitting the kids' pocket money. Yeah, it's trickling down to that pocket money. And look, some new data has come out from Beyond Back. Um, and it found as many as 20% of parents have had to reduce pocket money due to the cost of living pressures. So no, no doubt there's a lot of young kids out there complaining about their pay packets. And a further 12% indicated that they now pay uh, pocket money less frequently and 2% have stated that they've stopped paying it altogether. Uh, Basically, there's financial strain within households, as we know, and children are sensing this. And actually, some of them are quite happy to to forego their pocket money. That's what the findings were actually coming out. Um, And while money is tight, I think it's hard for parents to actually share just how much of a situation they're in with their kids. The majority said that they don't want their children to be anxious or stressed, but they do understand the importance that they know the cost of living pressures. Now, Tash, this is interesting. Even though we're in the most aggressive interest rate hike since 1994, rates on kids' accounts, surprisingly, they're not moving. (laughs) I mean, luckily, they were paying some kind of decent rate. The best one you can get is 3.5. But as I say, do not rely on bank accounts to make your kids rich. They're all about the, 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 the lessons learnt about money, saving little, saving often, but um, don't rely on them to get rich. Yeah, if you're talking about bank accounts, many Australians may be looking for a good deal at the moment because if they're lucky enough to have any money in savings accounts, they want to get a good rate. But it's outrageous how many hoops you have to jump through to get a good deal. Yeah, this is one of my pet peeves. They do not make it easy. There are too many terms and conditions attached to savings accounts. And frankly, I mean, it's done as far as I'm concerned in a way that uh, they want us to fail. They want us to get that basic rate. So to give you an idea, the top paying savings account is paying 4.05%. But each month you have to deposit $1,000, five card purchases and grow your savings balance. Now, these conditions, Tasha, they're not unusual. 
Um, and if you use this account as your salary account, yeah, then maybe you may meet these conditions. But my point here is that they make it so hard to earn a decent rate. Why can't we have a bank account that pays a leading rate without having to, to meet you know, all these conditions? So the cash rates jumped up 2.5% this year to 26 um, and, and the big banks are certainly holding off a lot from their deposit customers. The best deals are coming from smaller institutions and I suspect they're going to have to increase their gain because they will lose a lot of their funding out and they don't want that. Um, they want to protect their net interest margins. So from a consumer's point of view, unfortunately, it's that case of shopping around. But take care, watch what are the conditions and see if you can meet them. Otherwise, you will pay a lazy tax. And if you've got a home, probably the best place to keep your savings is in your redraw or offset account because inflation is still higher than the top paying accounts. I thought you were going to say under the mattress. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Probably not safe. I think there's a few people doing that, Tash. So. <laughs> it always amazes me, though, Effie, when we see a jump in the cash rate. The big banks are very quick to move on the home loans, but there's a, always a delay on the savings accounts. So true. So true. You have a great weekend. Thanks, Effie. Thank you. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. Well, at Bathurst, one of the main contenders almost became the first casualty during the opening session practice. Yes, good morning, Tash. It's going to be a wet and wild weekend at the Bathurst 1000. Yesterday, though, conditions were pretty dry, although Shane Van Gisbergen made it look like he was wet. He um, almost came undone in the opening practice session, shaved the wall, lucky to avoid heavier impacts. So his car is okay. And then his partner, Garth Tander, set the fastest time in the co-driver's session and believes they can go quicker. I had no preconceived idea of what that time we would do. Plan always was to run the tyres that Shane ran earlier today, then Bolton you set on. And it's the first time ever they've given me green tyres in this car. So four years it took me to get a set. And yeah, got a set and the car hooked up really nicely. There's so much more in it. So Tander, the quickest in the co-driver's session, that was actually quickest overall, even more so than in the lead driver's session. Will Davison topped the uh, timesheets there, the two-time Bathurst winner. Can't wait for this weekend. Absolutely. And Steve Smith, Brett, is hoping to break back into the Aussie T20 side ahead of the World Cup after being overlooked for a warm-up game. Yeah, it certainly was. He didn't play against the West Indies on Wednesday night on the Gold Coast. They're back in action tonight at the Gabba. We'll see if Steve Smith gets a game. But Cam Green's been in the top of the order. Uh, Tim David, of course, making his debut as well as selectors look for extra bowling options in their top six. But uh, Smith, as a superstar batsman, believes he's still got some strengths he can offer when the World Cup rolls around. I'm obviously not as strong and powerful as some of the other guys. You know, some wickets entail just good smarts and punching the ball and timing the ball really well as well. And Tim Payne making his return. First first-class match in 18 months for Tasmania after stepping down as a test captain following the sexting scandal. Out for six yesterday, but looked pretty polished behind the gloves as always. Tasmania bowl out for just 140. Queensland, in response, reached one for 70 at Stumps. And Brett, the deal's been done with the Munster, the NRL superstar Cam Munster's broken the hearts of the Dolphins. Yeah, he certainly has. The Dolphins were chasing Cam Munster uh, pretty hard given he's a Queenslander and he would be the perfect uh, face for the new franchise, but uh, not to be. And he's left a little bit of money on the table, although we don't feel too sorry for him. Uh, and we, I don't think we'll pass the hat around this morning either. Tash, he'll still be making $1.1 million a year at the Melbourne Storm, signing a four-year extension 
position, but the Dolphins won't be put off. Their chief, Terry Reader says that they're still chasing other targets. If I was to say there'd be no more signings, it'd be silly building a squad not just for 23. Still got the firepower to purchase some quality players if they become available. And it's D-Day for AFL clubs to decide if they support a 19th licence being handed to Tasmania. Club presidents need to finalise their feedback to the AFL on Tasmania's bid today. Massive weekend ahead. Let's hope the track is safe at Bathurst on the weekend. Thanks so much, Brett. Absolutely. Thank you, Tash. And the Mona Lisa has been voted the greatest artwork of all time. In a study out of the UK, Leonardo da Vinci's masterpiece came up in first place, followed by Van Gogh's Sunflowers. The Mona Lisa has the highest known insurance valuation in art history and is on permanent display in the Louvre in Paris. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. Please stay safe and we'll see you Monday. Listener.